Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies, your dog podcast. I'm Adriana Milne, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training. And thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. The first thing I wanted to talk to you today is before you bring a new puppy or a dog home. Okay, so I want you to have a good think about and thinking your house safety. Right, so the first aspect I really want you to think, is the backyard safe to have this future dog puppy coming on, okay, in your property? So please go and check gaps in the fence where potentially your dog could escape. And if you happens to have any gaps, please just make it safe, you know, puppy and dog proof. So then you have to think the sleeping area. Where are you going to decide for your dog to sleep? Are you going to set in your bedroom somewhere, uh, a little doggy bed? You know, um, is it considering, think, is it the bedroom if you've got a townhouse? Is it the bedroom upstairs? And if you've got a puppy, how long is it going to take to get the puppy to go toilet training and take outside in the middle of the night? Okay, so this is all you have to think about. And then um, the area the dog will access when you go out to work or you just have to go out shopping, where is this dog going to access? To go out for toilet and if you're going to put a doggy door. So if you have a rental property, please do try to have a little chat if the landlord uh, can be a bit of a scenario that it might be a bit challenging when the property is not yours. When it's yours, you know, obviously have a good talk your partner and it wisely would be an ideal if you could invest on a doggy door uh, so the dog can be taught gently to pass through the little doggy door with a little food lure or a toy as a lure and get rewarded by going past if you need the help of a trainer to to guide your puppy in the initial stages going because sometimes the flap as they pass the little flap can come at them and then they could get a bit of a spook So you want them to have a good experience and don't be scared when they learn to go for a doggy door. Other thing to very much carefully think is, please do check if you got any poisonous plants out there, right? Um, because there are so many plants that you need to be aware of. I'll be chatting a bit uh, further about this on the next episode. Have a think about having pots of plants easily accessible to your dog because... If it's a young dog, a teenager, or a puppy, they are quite adventurous and they just go exploiting things. And be sure that you're not going to explore and uproot your plants and start chewing on them. You know, it would be a mess. So if you've got pots or plants, uh, just please lift them. Uh, if you put a hanging basket or in some kind of cabinet on a display that the dog cannot get to it, okay, and push it down. So other thing to think very carefully is uh, many t consultations I go to people's homes and I assess the safety of a backyard for the dog and I find and I see bags of snail baits or fertilizers laying around easy for the dog to reach and start digging and breaking the bag. So you need to keep that safely stored in a garage or on a shed in your backyard and dog can't get to it. And Think carefully, like sometimes when people might have swimming pools and the whole power of the swimming pool, the, the cleaner, the vacuum, uh, the cord is in an area that a dog if it was uh, outside accessing and venturing around, it could reach this power cord and start chewing on it. 
So you need these areas or even the heater, uh, any electrical power points that they can access through the outside of the house. Be careful to totally block it off from your dog, okay? Uh, and in the case, if you're not sure, if you've got a young dog and you don't know what's up to when you go out, you can install some cameras. There are some apps that talk to your mobile, and even if you are at work, you actually can see what's your dog up to. You know, it gives you precious information, so you really know very much if it's been barking, digging. Um, yeah, and just keep in mind that you're going to talk about environment enrichment shortly today, but keep some activity, give some activity as you leave the house so your dog is entertained, things to do, okay? So if you are going to buy, uh, what to buy for a dog, okay, you're going to bring a new dog home or a new puppy, what are you going to get from your pet shop? So you can actually start thinking and buying some of these items before the dog actually arrives in the home. So if in the case of the puppy, are you going to use a crate? Is the puppy going to be crate trained and learning to sleep initially on a crate? And you're going to be setting a space, a safe space in the house, so when you go out, the puppy doesn't access all over the place and um, could be doing mistakes. A puppy playpen is a good investment. Some you can get from pet shops, some other puppy playpens you may get from warehouse places like a Bunnings warehouse. And when in this puppy playpen, just make ideally three little areas for the puppy to stay. So the living area where the puppy is going to have the little water bowl, a little snacky to chew, little blankets, be nice and warm uh, on the living towers, the sleeping area. It needs a little area for toileting. Okay, so the living will have little toys as well, the little bowls, then your sleeping area and your toilet area. And make it warm because now we're going to go towards winter and it's been very, very cold. And please away from any drafts, any wind, any drafts. And if it is very cold, you just try to sometimes put a little bit of the heater, and um, but that the puppy cannot reach, of course make it a little bit warmer on a timer in the morning and then you turn off as you leave. Uh, and a little bit of light as well, you know, and if there's any areas that the puppy will be overlooking through the window and there's high transit areas trying to block the blinds so they can't see high stimuli going past, they could provoke unwanted behavior such as too much excessive barking, okay? You want them to be relaxed when you go out. You could put a little radio on, some classical music, calm music to relax the puppy. Uh, when in the case, uh, sometimes you can, the vets recommended the trainers like a little diffuser that you could put on a PowerPoint, like the Adaptil on the initial stages when a young puppy just arrived to the house, they just left the mom. They could be a bit, just distressed. It's a new environment they need to adapt to. So, and that can be a, a good thing, the pheromone that, um, you know, displays the, from, like from the mom. And um, other things in a pet shop that you would get, obviously a collar and a lead. And I highly recommend you have an ID tag on the collar with the puppy name and your mobile number. Obviously the food, the water bowl, pet blankets, environment enrichment toys, for the puppy to entertain themselves. And you need to think that you need to rotate these toys so they don't get to see every day the same things. Otherwise, they'll get bored and don't want to interact anymore. In an indoor dog bed. 
And if the puppy accesses outdoors, uh, another one for outdoors, and please raise this outdoor bed from the ground. Dog kennel. That is um, a tricky one because not all dogs actually get to use dog kennels. Uh, so I see many times when I go private consultations on people's homes and then they buy the kennels. And some of the kennels are actually put in areas where the family is not even nearby. Like you really, if you're going to invest on a dog kennel, you bring it close to where the living area is. So the dog can see the family in the evening uh, when, you know, you want a bit of privately for, for private meals and then have a bit of space. And later on, you invite the dog in. But you want the dog, number one, to be having shelter from any draft winds and any rain. So this kennel is protected. And other point is there's warm blankets inside and that the dog can look into the living area where the family is. Otherwise, if this dog kennel gets put in a further away, far away corner in your block, in your backyard, and he can't see any family members and all the fun is inside, this dog will never use this kennel. So is, do you need to have a dog kennel or not? It just depends how much your dog's going to be outside. And you need to keep in mind, if the dog is kept outside, it will need a kennel when the weather turns nasty because you need some protection. Okay, um, sometimes you can put a little decking. Um, depends how much you can invest. I've seen many houses that they invest in very good decking uh, and then just totally blockage from rain and wind. And uh, yeah, so it just depends the setup of your house and how much is already there to be used and how much you would invest. Uh, and obviously when the family's home, the dogs want to be with you part of the time or sometimes all the time until bedtime. Yeah, so the dog kennel uh, so not always is uh, an essential item. It depends if your dog has been used and has to be introduced gently because these are more confined space. And if it's a very small, <laughs> sometimes you look at the photo on the box, it looks the right size. By the time you put the whole thing together, <laughs> you realize, oh gosh, this is too small for my dog. I don't think we'll ever use. I got two uh, kennels and actually they never got used and I gave back to the warehouse because I realized, no, she's not going to use. So that was my story involving kennels. So we are going to go for a short little break now, and we will be back very, very soon with Radio Karen. Hey, everyone. We're Friday Night Frothies. What's it all about? It's about laughter and not taking yourself too seriously. Ah, it's about sports and current events, and we might even introduce you to some different beers. So tune in live Friday nights. Or listen to our podcast at radiocarum.org. You know you've got nothing better to do. Bang. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your doggy podcast on Radio Karen. And I'm Adriana Milne. So talking back and in overemphasizing a little bit more and uh, going deeper in environment enrichment for dogs. So with our busy lifestyles, many dogs can spend hours each day left to their own devices. And sometimes this can lead to social and behavioral problems. The following list is just some suggestions to provide environment enrichment for those times when your dog is left alone. As dogs are social animals, it is vitally important that you spend quality time with your dog each day. So these ideas should be in addition to your normally normal family interaction, and an exercise regime is very appropriate for your dog. So please do follow that through every day. Some toys and more toys. 
There are many great toys on the market that are designed to keep your dog occupied. Individual dogs will have different preferences. Your dog will very and quickly get bored if the same old toy is put out a few times uh, a day and every day the single one is there. They will end up not using anymore. That's why I'm knocking on the idea when you've got a basket of toys and your dog accesses and sees that every day. So if you have all at once, chuck it in. No, that doesn't work like that. You know, if they see every day, they really get bored and don't want to touch anymore. Please then do rotate your toys gently. And before you leave your dog and especially your puppy alone and supervise with a toy, make sure that you have tested before for safety. Because the moment the little pieces start coming out, the little rubbers or the little fluffy foams start coming out, just remove it. There wouldn't no way you turn your back and walk out of the house and leave your young puppy with toys that are already breaking pieces. Very dangerous, they can swallow and it, they go go straight to a vet. So so you have to proof these toys and only the safe ones will be left with them if you have to actually be absent of the house for a little while or for work a tour guide take the dog for a ride in the car when making those short trips such as dropping the kids off to school or going to the post office the dog can come with you so the dog gets used to traveling in the car and please remember the dangers of leaving dogs in hot cars okay and um, other types, ice blocks, when it's hot weather. Please, some suitable scraps of food into a nice cream container or a cone. You can fill them with water and freeze. As the ice melts, uh, the interest is renewed as the treats come to the surface. And they get very busy, leaky, 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 these little cones, few cones in the freezer. becomes like little icy poles for them. You can actually use your leaky mat and put a little pieces of fruit, like last summer, I put tiny corners of apple and then berries, tiny corners of bananas, lice, and then, uh, you know, a little bit more little treats, and then I froze, and then a hot day in the middle of the day, if I was working from home or came home for lunch, I would just bring it out, remove from the freezer, and give for my puppy to lick and get really entertained. She loved it, you know, it was very refreshing for her. A digging pit or a sand pit. You know those sand pits, those half clam shells that you find in lots of places like BW, um, in Kmart, you know, and some of the warehouses. And you can use that as well. And you can uh, make like your dog love to dig on the particular spot. So if yours is one of these dogs, provide an area where he can dig and reinforce this natural behavior. Choose an area that's hidden by shrubs so he can dig to his heart's content. And you need not have an unsightly hole in the center of the lawn. What's not pretty, guys. Children's clamshell pools, like I was talking about, can be used as a sand pit or little pool where you can bury little bones, treats, or toys. And initially, I suggest you bury very much at the so- top on the surface. And then as the dog find the little novelty treasures on the top of this digging spit, and then you can just start bearing a little bit deeper. And you can put little toys, and so it's easy to find. And then once he understands the concept, then you start rotating in the toys and just bearing a little bit deeper. So it becomes a little novelty pit. By digging on that particular spot, all these little treasures, these novelties, you find it. 
and that becomes the place of fun of the interaction where great things start popping out. So, and hopefully you would lose interest in digging your lawn or the flower beds, okay? The Kong, I'm very fond of the Kong. When you have a puppy, the pale pink, the pale blue is the color to choose. As they get a bit older, you've got the red color. And uh, the red color can stay uh, for, like, say, for example, the Cocker Spaniel that I've got. A medium size is quite okay for her. And if you get a dog that's powerful jaws, like a Staffordshire Terrier, and then I'll suggest when it's uh, an adult size to get the black color because they've got powerful jaws, so that's the black color is a hardy type of Kong for them. So you may be familiar with the Kong. It can be stuffed with food and left for dog to work on and to really lick, lick, lick during the day. So you can actually start feeding, please, your dogs via the Kong instead of giving food just free from the bowl. You can stuff your wet food in there, and sometimes uh, even the dry food of mine when she was a puppy, she had uh, the advanced food, and um, I put hot water, let it cool down, because there's no way a dog can eat any food that has been, you know, with um, just soaking hot water. Once it's very cold, and I squash with a fork, and then I just spoon all the way to the bottom of the Kong, and then I gave part of her meal, her morning breakfast, the stuffed Kong for her. So she kept very busy licking, 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 and chewing the Kong, and that's what you want, that they learn as a puppy to chew from the right objects that rubber and not to chew from <laughs> chew your hands or chew the back of your pants or you know the fluffy um, Ugg boots <laughs> in winter so that's your there's a many recipes that you can find how to stuff your Kong from www.kongcompany.com the treat ball you can that's another one you can place dry food into the opening of the treat ball, and then your dog has to roll the ball around to get the food out of it. Many different sizes out there. You can find in pet shops or some online. Some dogs will take all day and some just go through in five minutes. Suitable for most breeds, but there are very few that have the jaw strength and capacity to destroy these treat balls. But always supervise, okay? Supervise so you know it's safe to leave your dog with a treat ball before you walk out of the house. You got recycle plastic bottles and be sure to remove the bottle top and the plastic ring for your dog's safety. Punch some holes in the size of the bottle, large enough for pieces of dry food to fall through. And you fill the empty bottle with dry food and that means hours of fun for your dog. You know, other thing that you, um, a suggestion that I'll give to you, you know, the little toilet rolls, once you finish your toilet roll, the little cardboard that are inside of the toilet roll, you can put a bit of dry food inside and then you just fold the ends of it, fold really hard. So you can give as environment enrichment for your dog and they will be pawing, pawing, pawing. And then obviously they break the little corner, opens and then these little treats come out. So they get entertained and interacting with this uh, chewy toy. And uh, that's another, altern- another option that I would suggest. Treasure hunt. Before you go to work in the morning or out for dinner at night, instead of giving your dog his regular dinner in a bowl, you can take a cup of dry food and go out into your backyard and throw it all over the grass. And then I'll say, find it. 
you know, and scatter around. Make it a bit harder. Make it then they work for it. That's what you really want to mentally stimulate them and obviously to use their nose. That should keep your dog busy for a little while. And also try hiding his stuffed cones and bones so when you go off to work, your dog is busy hunting for his food because they are scavengers. So, you know, in the wild, the wild dogs do really scavenge for their food. So the more you give your dog these options that, you know, the natural things that dog would do in the wild, and it gives them a chance to use their nose as well. That's so important for them on a daily basis. Even more if you have your dog living in like an apartment, for example, with no access to backyards. Or some of the townhouses these days, uh, you may have a concrete outside area and no grass. So more than ever, your dog will need to use it, its nose when there are chances, uh, you know, in the grass and uh, to be able to sniff things. A dog walker. If you have a very busy schedule, consider the services of a dog walker. Be sure to thoroughly check references, insurance, and get details of how many dogs are walked. So if you want your dog to only be walked on a solo basis alone or if you only another friendly dog, please um, you specify this to the dog walker. And on the other hand, if your dog is friendly and you like to go out with a little group of dogs to a dog park, uh, I would suggest and come along as well and test and ha- observe. Come on a ride on a van uh, on a day that you're not working or you're starting later in the day and see how the dog walker operates. And that will give you a great insight and see if you feel you know, comfortable and feel your dog is going to be safe with the person. So why not? You know, use your dog. You want the best for your dog. So some dog walkers take few dogs out to a north leash park, like I said, and that's a great way for them to socialize and to play. Other ideas of environment enrichment for your dog, training session, like trick, agility, obedience, old balls, football, soccer balls, rope toys, frisbee, a little tunnel, hanging toys, TV or the radio on a timer, if you want your dog to be calm, don't put uh, heavy metal rock or very loud music. Just put nice, soothing music. There are actually great channels on YouTube that you can key on the search bar, calming, relaxing music for dogs. And if that comes through the internet or through a radio or your computer, you can just let this set out on timers and it's gorgeous, relaxing music for your dog and even for yourself <laughs> sometimes when you're working from home. Scent trials uh, and make the dog work for the food. So the less food you give for your dog from the dog bowl, the better. Okay. Off-leash exercise is a great um, stress release and make your dog just losing its back. And uh, but just remember, if you come from cold weather and your dog say came and slept the whole night and it's just the muscles very cold. Don't start throwing ball full blast outside, out there. Let the body warm up first before you start intense exercise, okay? Because the body is really cold, the muscles are cold. But the fact is when your dog has a chance, opportunity to do some off-leash exercise, some of the breeds, they're very active breeds, they actually uh, have a bit of more outlet of energy and they can walk better on the lead after, you know? So um, I do actually this with mine. A companion dog. You might have a friend who lives nearby you in the neighborhood and the dogs already know each other and they get along really well. So why not then to try to organize your time? So maybe one day of the week 
that person dog come along to stay with your dog for a few hours and vice versa. On the days that you're very busy and this person is working from home, it could be an opportunity for your dog to spend a bit of, uh, few hours with the buddy friend uh, down the road. Okay? But they need to be getting along well and be okay sharing the backyard with another dog. You wouldn't turn your back away and leave them alone uh, without knowing if they will get along because some dogs can be a bit territorial on their uh, properties. Okay? So, other one that I like a lot, you know, those piñatas that I use, like, in birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, but those piñatas, um, milk bottle with a small hole, for example, is another way to do one, filled with treats and suspended. So, your dog would try to jump, and the moment it hits, all these treats it starts scattering around. So, these are some ideas and suggestions of environment enrichment for your dogs. So, now we're going to go for another short little break, and you'll be back very shortly with our podcast Zoomies on Radio Karen. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry worry about about a thing. thing. Don't worry. (laughs) Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Welcome back everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your doggy podcast on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Milne. And I wanted to have a little chat with you about... Dog trainers and uh, vets, vet behaviorists. Train, trainers referrals to the vets and the vet behaviorists. Which situations a dog trainer may refer a client to a vet or a behaviorist? For a vet, for example, if the trainer comes along for a consultation with the client and their dog and they feel that he may have some uh, a need for pain management in the case, that could be affecting the dog's behavior. Okay, because it could be by just touching the dog or anything a bit the way the dog moves and displays some behaviors and it might be required a check, okay, in case of pain because the client may have mentioned some points on the, sometimes the dog profile form that the trainer gets the information sent to them and uh, for assessment by a professional vet. Some Another aspect is in general health checkup. Because sometimes some owners just forget and the dog actually haven't had a chance to have a proper checkup in more than a year. And they really should have that and the regular yearly vaccinations, okay? And a situation that a dog trainer may refer a client to the veterinarian behaviorist. When they come to assess and have a a session, a training session with the client and their dog, and they realize that this dog actually has severe anxiety issues that need to be further investigated, okay? Mild or just some very in beginning early signs of separation anxiety or other anxiety issues, they might tackle as a dog trainer, but when it's severe, it would be ideal to really refer to veterinary behaviorist. 
dogs that display aggressive behavior towards other dogs or towards people, their owners, or to people outside when they are passing uh, people by on the streets. Severe noise phobia and obsessive compulsive behaviors. Dogs that sometimes just go in circles, chasing their tail, and whatever displays obsessive behavior may be. Licking, licking uncontrollable, uh, you know, can be paws or people. So you just really need to, to address this and to have a check. And it's situations of extreme resource guarding issues. When is mild stages, there's exercises a trainer will cover with the client and their puppy, and, um, and like the give and then the swap toys. But when is extreme, definitely I would refer to veterinary behaviorists. And who are the veterinary behaviorists? They are veterinarians who graduate in veterinary science and they have or a high interest in behavior and PhD in animal behavior. Okay? So that's the ones that we would refer to. So basically, if you see and think about the, the drawing, a triangle, you have on one end, on one end of this triangle, the pet owner, on the other end, the veterinarian, their own veterinarian or the veterinary behaviorist that the trainer refers to, and the dog trainer on the other end. So then what happens is you've got a, sh a shared information, like the dog trainer, when they come to work with the client of their dog, they will be doing a training plan. And the dog trainers who have more experience and further courses in behavior and behavior qualifications, they are, are possible for them to do a behavior modification protocol. But then when you involve the veterinarian who looks after this dog and a veterinary behaviors, what happens is the information that all this paperwork that's done by the trainer is shared in between the other professionals. So everybody is on the loop of what's happening with the dog. Okay, and it's for th this is done for the best possible outcomes for the dog and the dog owner. And a lot of these, um, some situations actually are ongoing. They are during a period of the time because they are not quick fixes. Yeah, and it can be situations, for example, dogs, they have many homes that have been end up in shelter and they pass through many homes. And uh, there's not much past history of these dogs. So they are sometimes... Um, they have quite a bit of baggage. It doesn't mean all of them will have that. Some are great, but so we just keep in mind that is a, a journey is a process, okay? And so it does work very well. Some dog uh, veterinary behaviors might understand a bit of training and they might suggest a bit of training themselves, but some others really only veterinary behaviors and they really then do and uh, request the trainers to be doing the training strategies with the owner. So um, that's the way it works in a lot of the cases. So I will go for another tiny break, and I'll be with you very, very soon. You're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Karam, local community radio. Welcome to Zoomies, your radio podcast, the dog podcast here. Radio Karam, Adriana Mill with you. I wanted to talk about the breed profile. Uh, today we're talking the Lhasa Apsu. Colors. Color, gold, cream, and honey are the most popular colors. The temperament 
of the last Apsu. This is a hardy dog with a friendly, assertive manner. Intelligent and lively, they are spirited and affectionate with their masters. They, this breed responds to motivational training. Very important that the owner just guides them uh, thoroughly. And he needs to set boundaries and rules around the household, you know, house manners from the start. They need plenty mental and physical exercise, very important for the breed. As soon as the humans um, give more guidance and leadership, the dog behavior starts improving a lot. So the health problems that the last Apsu can face. Generally, a very healthy dog, but sometimes they have some skin problems if the coat is not kept free of parasites. They have a slight tendency to get hip dysplasia. Also kidney problems, eye problems, and bleeding ulcers. So please keep an eye. Any little signs that uh, your dog might not be doing well, straight to the vet, please, guys. Living conditions. They are good for apartment living and very active indoors. Exercise. They need a daily walk and plenty play. We will also enjoy some of this exercise in a large fenced in yard. The life expectancy, 15 years plus, and some may live up to 18 years or more. Can you imagine? Grooming. No trimming or stripping is needed. Needs to be brushed daily to prevent cold from matting. Check the feet and eyes for any foreign matter stuck there, because they have quite a bit of fur, quite a bit of you know, long hair. Clean the eyes and ears regularly, and they are average shedders. The origin of the breed, Tibet. Name comes from the sacred city of Lhasa. It was used as a watchdog in temples and monasteries. Okay, so that's the Lhasa Apsu for you. So I think uh, today we came to the end of our show. And um, I am trying to schedule some interviews for you. And uh, sometimes it's not as easy to get hold of the person at this particular time of the day I tape the podcast because it's on the afternoon and a lot of people are still working. But we are working on it. Don't you worry. You know, it's on the pipeline. So hopefully next week I can share great insights from a lovely interview. So I think it's the end today. And thank you for listening to our doggy podcast, Zoomies. And we look forward to another wonderful uh, week and ahead and that the weather please helps we don't have any major events coming up because now it's winter is going to be cold and a, a lot of these outdoorsy events with dogs um, days out with dogs earlier in the year or later in the year so far the one that's on the pipeline the big one will be the dog lovers show mid-october but that's still a while to go guys so have a lot of fun with your dogs, and I'll be chatting with you next week. Okay? Bye! <laughs>